Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Relative Pitch. Um, I hope you are having a great time, and we will officially have to say Happy Black History Month, okay? Yeah, happy please. Black History Month, and in this beautiful month, we're doing nothing but celebrating the beautiful accomplishments uh, uh, of our Black brothers and sisters, and just beautiful people in general. Like, I just think that this month, first of all, we celebrated all year long that's that's first and foremost but every day 365 <laughs> days but for the regular people you know this month is dedicated to black history month and just you know it's it started off being really great so but how has everybody been how's you know january when and how's february for y'all child january was about near eight months eight like months. yeah <laughs> Let's start with that. Yeah. Not eight months. I think it was a year. Right. Like, I forget how long January really, truly actually is. And, like, it's been busy. Like, I feel like it's been a lot going on. Um, lots of good things. I feel like there's. it's kind of setting us up for a lot of momentum. And even things that feel like there's a chapter closing, it's in a good way. You know what I mean? Like sometimes when things don't necessarily like go your way, it's easy to be like, oh man, this is going to put me off. But especially the front of the year, there's something so hopeful about, oh, well, we got that. Excuse my language. We got, we got that. Uh -huh. like, get it out of the way early. So no, it's not even minute two, Lauren Cussing. Sorry. <laughs> like, get it out of the way early on and make way for what's actually supposed to be there. So that's what I'm feeling very grateful for that january has been lots of momentum lots of beautiful things and the things that no longer need to be there has removed itself you know Hopefully. i would say in this month i've had already in the first couple of days uh, a feeling of peace you know february or january february, february. Oh, okay, okay. january was just long but february um in the first couple of days i have found peace and I think it's because it's Black History Month, because what the thing is, um, even in through trials and tribulations, mm, peace is still there. Peace, mm. peace, be still. That's what the Bible says. Y'all need to turn your Bibles and read them, because that's what it says. Peace, be still. So um, I think exactly what you were saying, Lauren, that it is the beginning of the year and there you have a whole year there there's opportunities that are still there when one door closes another one opens and mm -hmm. you you must go through that through that door and find your blessings Amen. find those those are most and, important. and sometimes when one door closes a window opens you crawl through that window and there's four doors Ooh. oh my gosh <laughs> you got to find it. you got to find your peace and then you got to protect mm. peace. Amen. Protect the peace. So like, if you are in a situation right now where, let's say you're a freelancer and you teach in our schools and you leave with a headache mm. and you dread going there, mm. just quit. Ooh. The money will come. Just quit. I'm just, I'm telling you, you got to protect your peace. Protect the jail. Well, that you actually makes that I, I feel that because people don't people don't talk enough about like you're not supposed to leave work school feeling bad 
like like there are going to be days that happen where you just can't control you're not feeling great right or something happened out of your control you don't feel good but if you're consistently let's say four out of five days a week leaving your current situation and not feeling great and that's normal you we might need to reevaluate like what are what are your goals what are you doing with this maybe this is a point where it was the thing that you needed to do at the time now it's overstated it's welcome and it's time to move on to whatever the next thing is but he shouldn't be suffering like correct amen you should you should not be suffering in anything personal practice personal growth like your personal growth should not be stunted by your professional development oh that was good that was good that was good. That's a clip. That's a clip. That's a clip. That was your personal. I'm gonna say it again. Your personal growth cannot be stunted by your professional development. Mm. Mm. Ooh, that's a word. One is because I did go to church this morning. Oh, amen. Child, he didn't learn no scriptures. Didn't learn no scriptures. Well, you know, I think as we have just professed long and long on this podcast is. Stop um, equating your personal growth with your profession, your your mm. professional life, your career, because mm. you have to develop as a person as well. And I think when you realize that the person needs to be developed too, as you're developing your career, you'll realize bad things might happen in your career from time to time, but you still sitting here whole. You still have your peace. You still have your mind to get up and do something again to make it better because when something uh maybe not the best happening in your professional career and it completely tanks your you, the rest of your personal life that's how you know you're too connected it's too connected because one thing should not negate or or really one thing should not tear you down right because look and they tell you about that in relationships. They be like, when if something happened in your relationship and, and you know, it, something terrible happened and now you in your house for the next 26 days, the lights done turned off, you ain't got no food, just skinny to the pot, you know, all of that. Look, honey, something is wrong. What happened in that relationship where you ain't got no food no more? Like, well, it's it's this yeah. idea that like you're, it's you're so bent out of shape because of a, rela- a relationship or work mm-hmm. or, or anything mm-hmm. like that that it affects you so personally. That is how you know it has it's too intertwined. These Ooh. things should be happening and occurring together, but not necessarily there. There shouldn't be infused to the point that if you had made a bad grade on something or you didn't get into like a certain program you wanted to get into. It should not be the end of the world. Now, take a second, process it, maybe cry a little bit. It might help. You can but be mad. You, you can, can be mad. Be mad. That is but, your right. Right. But the thing about it is if you feel like everything about who you are as a person was tied to whatever decision that was like something that another person made or did, that's how you know, okay. You need to find your you again. You got to ground yourself into what am I actually doing? What do I want to do? Who am I as a person? And it's hard. That is hard to know the difference between like something that is just a part of your life versus something that is like too embedded in who you are. Mm. Right. And this is why I think we talk so much about balance and everything, because 
I, the richness that I get from pe the people in my life is not because we do professional development together. It's not because we necessarily like are on the same tracks. It is because of who we are as individual people and they, it's like nourishment to me, right? And it's a part of that, you know what I mean? So you have to have some degree of separation between school, work, professional development, and who you are as a person. Because if, what you'll notice is if things go wrong over here, work, school, relationships, da 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 and everything over in your personal life starts crumbling, or personal growth, you as a whole person starts crumbling, you haven't built this up. There's no foundation for this. That is why it's falling. So then we got to talk about this a little bit more. Correct. I will say, oh, Anthony, you go. Go ahead, go ahead. Now, I was going to say, now there is some times, there's one particular thing that will get me in a rut, and that's car problems. Ooh. I go straight depressed. And I just do, I just lay in the bed, and I'm just depressed. Same. First of and then all, when I get I'm back, I'm so happy. Anyone that doesn't know, Michael is terrible luck with cars. Just terrible luck with cars. After Betsy? Michael like, and them car. Even Betsy was on her last leg for six days. Hey, but, but Betsy, she took me everywhere. Mm. She took me to Michigan. And I love that for her. I really do. I miss her every day. Mm. I, I think we also have to realize that somebody else's decision should not impact your entire life. Mm because that is somebody else's decision. Their decision, again, you can take no's for a little second. You can be mad, you can do whatever, but it's about how you get up and what are you gonna do next, okay? I see it so many times, um, especially, you know, teaching middle school and high school, you know, they get told no sometimes. And some of them are like, I don't want to do this anymore. No, baby. Mm -mm. That's not what, what we're doing. That is not what we are teaching you to do. It's about, okay, so what are we going to do next? Because at the end of the day, here, here's how society works. It's about how, how you're going to get up because at the end of the day, look, there's some bills you got to pay, baby. And you, you got a bill, you got a, a rent. Right. So a job told you, no, okay, look, there's another job over there. Let's go get that job. Ooh, look, actually, this job might be paying better than others. Ooh, look at that. Again, as we said earlier, when one door closes, you never know what is down the street that's, that got your name, that's asking you to come here. You don't know. Sometimes a no is a blessing. Mm -hmm. You have to be ready. Yeah. You have to be ready to receive it. And here's the thing. When you set yourself up to be like, you know what? I would like for this to happen. And if it don't, it's okay. Just don't. It's don't. And we're going to move on. And I'm going to still be okay. I'm going to still be just like Mary J. Blige said, just fine, 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 fine. Okay? She said that for a reason. Look, that was my mama's favorite song. Okay? Like, that's an auntie song right there. It is. So, you know, you're going to be fine, baby. You are going to be fine. Well, one thing I had to start realizing um, as you get older, because you like, you ask, I'm guilty of this and I'm getting better. But like when I find out some of my, like when I find stuff out and I'm just very confused, 
and there's reasons I'm confused. I'm not going to disclose them, but I get real pissed. I'm just like, why did that happen? Mm. And I do, I do get mad, but then I have to remember uh, at the end of the day, all you control is you yes. and your actions. Uh-huh. So because you had a bad day, you're going to take it out of your friends. Mm. So you're going to shit on their day because you had a bad day. Mm. Excuse my French. <laughs> Not French. <laughs> like, it's just like you have to know, like, and just because you woke up on the wrong side of the bed, you're going to take it out on your middle schoolers. Mm. Talk about or your kids. Like, you can, you are you. Mm. And you can control you. You control your actions. You control your habits. Michael is 34 days without soda. Mm. You sticking to it. You and I'm five days without coffee. That's crazy. That makes me that makes me look crazy. Again, Lauren, Lauren, you know how Michael is with coffee chow. And soda. Like and always. soda, right? Mm-hmm. And I will tell y'all, I feel much more awake in the mornings. But again, you can control you. You can't control somebody else. Mm. So because someone else is doing the things you want to do. Like they got the yes where you got the no. Maybe you needed the no. Like I needed my no two and a half years ago when I went for a DMA program. I needed that no to get out in the world and do my own stuff. And you never know what you need until you get it. And then you look back on life and you're like, that was the best decision I've ever made. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. But you can't see it because you're here. And that's what sucks the most. And that's something that I I feel like when I talk to like people and students in particular, and I tell them because they're asking questions like, well, what do I do if this happens? Or I'm I'm in this situation and I just don't know what to do. And I, in those moments, all I can offer is exactly what Michael just said. You don't see it right now. But the things that are like you feel, especially at those young ages, like the high schoolers are going into college or undergrads go about to go into their first jobs or um, maybe a degree program, they want to get a higher degree. The nose that they get feels so concentrated because, you know, they they're still going through development and they're still they, they haven't experienced all the things that I mean, we're it's not like we're like old yet, yet, <laughs> yet, but <laughs> we right. have some. We have some ex- more experience now out in the professional like field and the, it, within higher ed. So mm. we can speak to it and say, hey, I know how that feels. That no, oh, I felt that. And I thought it was the end of the world. I didn't understand it. I was angry. I was upset. I didn't know where to go. I felt so lost. And I could not see where I am now. I, and I can't, right now, I can't see what the end of this year is going to look like. I have no clue. And I used to be terrified about that, actually. I used to hate change. <laughs> I used to hate not knowing what was going on. Exactly. And I'm like, wait, I'm kind of excited because I have no clue. <laughs> I have no idea what's about to happen. I don't know what's about to happen, but you know what? I'm open to whatever is about to happen. Yeah. I, I'm like, look, honey, my hands is up in the air. Bring it to me. Let's go. I feel like I'm in a poker game. And I'm ready to also, by the way, I really want to learn poker. If anybody is watching that knows how to teach poker, let me know. Because I'm really going to on this casino because we're all going on a cruise at the at the end. Hey, man. Of- okay. 
and I'm trying to go to the casino and win them thousands, thousands of dollars. Okay, well, let's start with maybe 50 and work our way to the hundreds, and then we'll get to see. I will say this is this is Anthony is two days in a row now that he's asked to learn how to play poker. So it might be a trend. It might be. I've always wanted to play poker. I've always wanted to know. It just looks cool. Like, okay, when y'all, when y'all like go see James Bond and stuff like that, or you know, one of them television shows where they're just playing poker, they pick up the cards, like mm. right. You know, you're like, mm. right. You're just like looking like mm. let me and they make a lot of money. That's what I want to be. That's what I want to be. Yeah, I'm one of those people that's like raised and you you know it's a lie <laughs> I, go, I go i go straight bluffing off the bat you know, michael michael ain't got no cars to 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 do nothing with and he's like raised take off <laughs> a wise man once taught me this you don't play the game mm, you play the people play the person person either way well i was gonna say man but we're in 2024 you play the person actually this I don't even know how we got back on this, but my brain immediately went back to this idea of like um, systems and structures. Let's be honest. There are systems and structures in place that affect people, right? There are people who are in these positions of power who make a law, who make a new rule, a new whatever that does affect people, right? It may not directly affect you or maybe it does, right? Um, and this is why it's so important that there are people from different perspectives who are in those positions, right? Because if it is just the same people from the same backgrounds who have the same perspectives, who are running and governing and ruling everything, you're never going to actually get equity when it comes to like systemic, you know, things. Where's like in these moments, like we're talking about, you can only control you, blah, blah. That's you, right? As a person, as a being and how you go throughout life. But we also we all know we pay rent, right? You can't help that. You go to the grocery store, you go get gas, or you take public transportation. Those are all things that you utilize. You you must do, and you have no control over that. You're like, I gotta pay rent. Yep. I gotta go get groceries. I gotta get gas if I want to drive my car. Sadly. You know, sadly. So, with all that, I encourage. I always, 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 always say. If you can be in those positions, and that is something that you are confident and comfortable in, and you're like, I really want to be in the rooms where I can help, you know, bring about change, go for it. Go for it. Because you will, some someday, you can be in a position where you actually make a decision that directly or indirectly helps people, right? That people, like a lot of the time we talk about how systems and structures hurt, they can also help, right? Mm -hmm. Which is what I love to be the things that I like to do, that is what I, I want to be there. I want to be there for to help more and more and more people. Because right now, most of the systems and structures we have don't really do that, especially for people of color. You know what I mean? And in terms of education, especially within our field, we're going to talk about music, the arts in general. Mm. You especially if you are within a program where maybe you're the only person of color in your program or you're one of two one of three even there may be this pressure of wanting to of assimilating right mm -hmm. to the structures that are currently in place 
And that's understandable, right? It may feel uncomfortable to not fit in. You want to fit in, right? It's uncomfortable. You go to a new environment. You want people to like you. You want, you see they're doing one thing and you're like, well, this isn't feeling necessarily natural for me, but I will do it because everyone else is doing it. I'm not saying any of this in a negative context. I'm saying like, I understand, right? I hear you. I hear you. But at the same time, there is so much beauty in you as an individual in any environment that does not push you to be who you are as an individual, they don't deserve you to be there. Mm-hmm. And they're never actually going to help you. They may take you as far as they want to, as they want, they want to. And as soon as you are no longer needed by them, they no, they no longer need to use you. Maybe they found another one, mm-hmm. right? It will discard you just as quickly as they found you. Like never forget that you are you are still who you look like to them, no matter how much you try to assimilate to what they have or Mm. who they are. You'll never be them. Mm. And they'll always know that. Mm. And I will just say to add to this, I've been in like a couple of rooms and stuff where people have tried to assimilate. And I come back to Lauren Anthony, I'm like, okay, so why is this person saying these words? Mm. And from a room of these people, giving them the power to think they can say these words. Mm. Like, that's dangerous. And giving ammunition, it's, not even that. it's just giving power or ammunition, but power to people that don't need it, that already have it in a sense. Mm. So even if you try to assimilate, I urge you not to. But be careful about the words you use in front of people and how loosely you throw certain things out. Mm. Mm. I think it goes to also a bigger topic um, as well about dealing with your own personal trauma of what you maybe grew up in. Because as it is Black History Month, some things that we have to we have to talk about and deal with is it feels as though once you get to a certain level in your career, you have to put your blackness aside mm. and separate yourself from your blackness because that is what is socially acceptable. But I'm gonna tell you right now. That I, that is never going to be me. Shall I eat my collard greens, my cornbread, my pigtails, my pig feet on a good old Sunday? And that'll never change. And it will never change. And, I, and I'm not going to sit here and, and uh, put on some type of mask for you because that's just not it. But I think we got to have that conversation to say, um, like, I, I know someone I had a conversation um with a, a person who who they said you know i love our people hmm. however i'm always a little hesitant when i am in a when i'm in a space that is all of us you know because it is like what are the others thinking what are the white people thinking we're doing that's a that's trauma you have developed over over some time that you 
have mm -hmm. to do the personal growth. You have to go and, and really ask yourself, why do I feel this way? Why is it that when I'm with people that that are my my culture, why do I feel like it's a bad thing? Right. But on the uh, on the complete flip side, we're always seeing when other um, races of people are gathered together and it is I a never talked about or B, it is celebrated. Mm. So why is it that when we as black people feel when we get together, we're always wondering what are other people thinking instead of just enjoying each other and fellowshipping with each other? It's 1000% this like this social conditioning right of especially during civil rights era and whenever you know we were trying to push forward with change the idea of seeing a group of black people together. Everyone was scared black mm. people were scared that they were going to get caught right by authorities white people would just go oh 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 they're rioting they're rioting yeah. <laughs> rioting mm. so it is absolutely this I think it's like you know people talk about. Um, what is a genetic trauma and like other things that are passed down and down and down. Unfortunately, if you have not decolonized yourself mentally or understood the traumas that may have may have been passed on that you need to over get over, you're going to have this fear of like, what are other people thinking that I'm in a room full of black people? You are black. You are black. That what is what you, you are, baby. Because half the time I don't be talking about nothing. I be t talking just crazy <laughs> just just be gabbing just gabbing you know what i mean and like stop so first of all if you're worried you need to ask yourself why because the, if people do see a, a groom full of beautiful black people gathering chatting laughing drinking cooking all these things and they're scared that's mm. their own problem that's their own problem but for you to not want to be a part of that fellowshipping because you're afraid of what people are going to think about you Oh girl. I can't do nothing for you. I can't do nothing. But I can't do nothing for you. Because then it's like, whose side are you playing? Because you've now isolated yourself away from the people that truly understand you on a different level now. We share trauma. We share many of our experiences so that you can find your proximity to the others. And honey, they're not trusting you either. So then where do you end up? That's my question. Where do you end up? And here's the thing, especially for young, young students, young students, you're going out into the world. Maybe you already find yourself in a situation where you're like, I'm in a predominantly white friend group or a friend group that is like, I'm the only black person in my friend group. And Maybe you're hearing them say things, right? I've always, I've heard, um, you know, people mention past friend groups. Where they're like, oh, you're not like other black people though. Oh, but you're different though. And all those, that's not a compliment. I'm putting this on the record. It's not a compliment to say that. Don't ever say that to a black person. Period. Stop it. Period. Because what you think you're saying is, I don't mean, there's no positive anything by what you could be saying by that. And you not feel uh flattered that your non-white non-black friends say that you don't act like other black people that's insane mm. 
Um, and I understand if you are in a situation where you're in school and maybe you are the only person of color or black person there and you're like, well, I found people who support me and care for me, make sure they support you and care for you as who you actually are and not what you have made yourself to be around them. Mm-hmm. That is very different. Ooh. <laughs> and to add on that, not just who you made yourself to be around them or what, but what you can provide to them. Mm-hmm. It's so sad. I'm so, like it. I I think about how many young black students go through schooling, and especially within the arts, and you want to be around you know creative types, and and you want to find your friend groups, and you find yourself pushing your identity more and more inside of you as you continue to climb up, whether or not that's like through school or through work, whatever. I I want to encourage you and empower you to step into your identity, step mm-hmm. into your truth, step into who you are, whatever that means. And here's the thing, we're not all the same. <laughs> like, let, let me also just say that there's no one way to be black. We are not a monolith. There yes. are so many different ways that you yourself can express your identity, your blackness and what you do and how you do it, mm-hmm. right? Me and Anthony, love, respect, kindness Mm. all these things but we are on different journeys and we are different people and that does not mean one of us identifies more as black (laughs) than the other we are both from the south (laughs) raised in very religious households you know what i mean like all these things but that does not mean that our experiences are exactly the same right Right. because it's not it is truthfully it just is not we have a lot of shared trauma of being a black person a black american in the states yes we have that trauma that we go through in different ways right but you yourself as an individual are different mm-hmm. i never speak on the behalf of black people i never speak on the behalf of even black women i speak on the behalf of lauren right because that is all i can do that is all today all yesterday can- forever you know all I can do that is all I will do I will tell you how I feel about a situation Mm. as my experience being who I am Mm. but I'm not saying that this is the we all had a black people meeting Mm. and this is what this this is what the answer is this is my experience which is not everybody's experience but I think on that as well, you have to realize that you are part of the culture too. And there is there are shared experiences, yes. Long as you realize that we all are fighting and, and we all are asking for and pleading for a, such a long period of time to just be treated like human beings. Mm. because that goes back to it feels like some saying okay yes I know our shared experience and yes blah 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 but I'm trying to shed that away that happened so long ago get over it (laughs) honey it's not that long ago actually a lot of the things that are happening now have been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years. It has just masked itself or it's morphed itself into something else. Mm. 
So I need you to get that language out of your out of your complete Rolodex because that is not true. Long ago, when we have a piece, uh, I remember we were, or I, I saw a group doing American Guernica um, by Adolphus Hill Stork, which told the story about, uh, or not tell the story, but it was based on um, the uh, bombing in Birmingham in 1963, which there's also a book called The Watsons Go to Birmingham 1963. If you've never read the book, you have to read the book. But it's based on that too. And I remember people saying, oh, that was just so long ago. That is my father's age. Those girls that lost their life is my father's generation. Yeah. Like my direct person above me. That it long ago? No. Honey. My I like my my parents tell me what was desegregation like. Right. We're taught, oh, that was so long ago. Mm -hmm. My the next person uh in our genetic makeup, not like great, 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 great. This is the generation above us. Right. Can tell you what it was actually like. So that's what we're going. We have to stop with the verbiage that. Things happened so long ago. Civil rights were so long ago. No, it actually was not. I, just to prove that fact, I was just looking up some stuff. Okay, so MLK was born in 1929 and died in 1968. Strauss was alive. Mm -hmm. Period. Strauss was alive while MLK was alive. Just put, for the classical people, put that into perspective. Rickard Strauss was alive while MLK was alive. Mm. They overlapped. Mm. See, they don't want to hear that much because they're like, oh my gosh. Because Strauss died in 1949. Mm. So they overlapped by 20 years. Mm. You know, and something... I'm just, I'm going through all the myth, the myths and things that have been even tried to be pushed into my own head during my, you know, as I've been growing and the amount of people, you know, who will try to defend like this idea of like, oh, like, like you don't need DEIA, like you, you got so far and look at you, you did it and you didn't need blah, 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 blah. Hmm. And I'm like, that's crazy <laughs> that you just said that actually to me that's actually a very wild statement that's that wild said. because it's this idea because people again they want to only think about equality right and back in the day at first it was like oh yeah you everyone has the right to vote everyone can go buy property everyone can go to the bank and blah blah blah, blah, blah. on paper equality is what you want right but it, that is not what life actually is, right? Because you may try to go to the bank as a black business owner for a loan to get to for your new business and you get denied. Whereas you have a maybe your partner, your business partner who is a white person goes into the bank and gets more than they actually need. Ooh. That is the truth of what in the, that's currently right. Isn't that something that's going on with Navy Federal that they just got into hot water with a, like get like the loans, you know, to specifically that's like- Sure did. Cannot have equality in a system 
that it does has no equity. That that's what we really need to talk about. People don't really want to understand what the difference between because equality is I give you a pen, I give you a pen. Period. You can do whatever you want with this pen. Survival of the fittest, right? That's not true because this pen in the in the one hand goes a little bit further within certain within this system that we have than a pen in a different hand. And that is the truth, right? A dollar here and a dollar here, very different. You got two pens. Right. <laughs> well, uh, the best thing I've seen, shout out to Jack Eady, uh, Marcus Morris, and Doc and um William Irvin. Yeah. William Irvin, they gave a presentation at GBA and they showed uh, equity and equality on the same thing. Mm-hmm. And one was like, everybody had the same box. Right. And there was a short person, a medium sized, and a tall person. Well, right. the short, medium sized still couldn't see over the fence. And then the people got one, the short person got a big box, medium sized person got a medium box, the big person got a little box, and they could all see over the fence and they're all the same height now. Mm-hmm. Like that is what we're talking about equity. That's equity. And so all the programs that when when people like we were seeing the lawsuits happening with affirmative action and all these, uh, and it's making my head hurt. But because people are trying to say, oh, like you can't discriminate on, you know, race and all this to get scholarships or get fellowships or to get into schools and all these different things. Again, you're trying to make equality a thing in a system that is inequitable. There is no equity. Mm-hmm. You're never going to get equality. It's not going to happen. What's going to happen is you're putting us back to where we were, where people are going to, oh, great, I can start like have not having to think of it. But you have to think about not everyone's starting at the same place in the race. Not everyone is starting from the same place. And I will never forget Credo in Elmhurst, Illinois, summer, uh, summer festival. Um, and Bonnie Boyd, who's food professor at Eastman, I remember we had a fireside chat and I was, I remember going to this camp. I was the only black person at this camp. I was terrified. It was the summer before I went to KSU to start my undergrad. I felt like I was so behind. Mm. I literally had no, I like the pieces people were playing, the ages they were playing the piece. I felt crazy. Like I was like, I, I shouldn't be here. I was like, I truly don't. It was just, it was a lot. And I remember crying the first two nights and being like, I don't deserve to be here. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. And I think it was midweek when we had the fireside chat with Bonnie and I asked an anonymous question was that was like, when you are like auditioning people for like schools or da da da, like, do you think, do you take into consideration where the person is from and like their background when making decisions on admissions? Which basically what I was saying, because I'm hearing people like my colleagues who are there at the camp, Chicago Symphony Youth Orchestra, New York Phil's Youth Orchestra, all these, like they lived in those cities where they had that lesson since they were five years old. I didn't have that, right? I was not near where these students were, who we were at the same age, or if they were a little bit older, a little bit younger than me, we were nowhere near the same place. And I remember Bonnie looking and she was like, like she read it and she like sat with it for a moment and she was like i always take into consideration what someone did with where they were Mm. over anything and i was like i literally had to like stop myself from crying so that people wouldn't wouldn't know that it was like my question that was asked because that's what i wanted to know i wanted to know 
is she just going to hear everyone equally and say, nope, I like this person more, I like this, and just do that instead of going, wow, this person had nowhere near the amount of opportunities and experience as these seven under candidates, but look at what they did with where they were. And if I were to take them on and give them those resources and pour into them, I mm-hmm. can right, just shoot. That is, and for me, that is what I needed to hear to go, keep going, let's go. It's okay. You know what I mean? And not every teacher thinks that way. Let me say that. So I will shout out Bonnie, like, (laughs) but not every teacher thinks that way. And it's unfortunate though, because imagine all the opportunity, the, the, uh, the beautiful minds and talents that are in those schools, in these areas that don't have the resources and opportunities who, if you give them those resources and opportunities, they're going to e- easily catch up to where students who've had it for their entire lives are. And then they can finally get on equal footing, right? And I think as we then become teachers, we have to take that as well to say, look at all the hurdles that this person got through. Yes. To be here. They deserve this. Mm. The others, and, and I think a lot of people, they get so hell bent on, um, well, it seems like they just got it. And, you know, I've been here and I've done this and doing that. And they get so angry. Mm. It's like, but you didn't have the same struggles and hurdles they went through. Because I, 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 if you go back to, I think it was last season, I was telling you how um, I was in a class and a young man was like, you know, I can't help but feeling that certain people just get placed in positions over me when I know that I'm better. Mm. Well, young man, <laughs> number one, that is something that you need to have a conversation with yourself. Or, a, why do you think you're better? Mm. Because you went to uh, Blue Lake or you went to this festival and that festival. But here's another young person who parents did not have the money or couldn't raise the money or literally maybe was living alone. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, that instrument or whatever their musical ability was getting them through and they're practicing, they're doing all these things and they didn't have those opportunities, but damn it, they got the talent. They have the drive, the passion to do it. And it takes a beautiful teacher to sit there and say, now this, this is someone who can go very far. Mm -hmm. So when you feel as though you, uh, somebody outranked you, baby, it's deeper than what you see in that iceberg. It's the tip of the iceberg. That's what you see. But, oh, Lord, there is so much below that. So much below that that you will never see. And honestly, it's not your business to see. No, no. And also this whole rhetoric of like, I feel like these people are getting these positions that I know I deserve. Mm. Then why didn't you get it? Mm. If you are better, why didn't you win? Mm. Like, again, this goes right back. Do not dim someone else's light because yours is not shining as bright as you want it to. Mm. That means you have put your professional development over your personal growth. And the minute you start throwing this professional development further, like, oh, I know I'm better than them. You're just crumbling your foundation of your personal growth because you're becoming less of a person. Yep. 
like that that's just the one thing like like it's an, a very undergrad thing to do it's like oh i'm better than that person oh i don't know why this person at this university is doing this because like i'm doing it over here and blah, 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 blah. very undergrad thing to do when you get out in the world <laughs> it's if you get the money or not are you getting the calls are you getting called back yeah yeah I, I want people to sit more because we talk a lot about like rejections and how to take them and seeing them as opportunities. I encourage you to do that as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I'm flipping it, you know, to say I whenever you do get those no's, instead of going, I deserve to have it blah, 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 and making it about other people getting things over you based off of things that are outside of their own control that you think is the reason why they got it over you. I encourage you say, you know what, maybe this wasn't mine. Maybe. And maybe I need to go somewhere else because you'll probably get hired somewhere else, right? Mm -hmm. There, But there are other people, the person who may have gotten that job over you, this may have been one of the only places who would have taken them because of things out of their control. And that is a difference. That is why I don't want to hear any boohoo crying from <laughs> specifically like white men mm -hmm. in these positions who are like, I'm not getting it and people are getting it over me. You will have a job sir calm down calm down like you will, there will never be a point in your life where you're like i'm unemployed no because honey sh just shut up like i'm right. sorry like, <laughs> like at the end of the day go cry to somebody else it won't be me it, it won't be because i was and he will play that little violin too. They will, and they will. They will act. What is it? A, um, a wounded dog will howl, or a shot dog will howl, whatever it is. But oh, shot dog oh now, now, now Lauren uh, showing us she's a little country still. Ooh, hello. Okay. Listen, like so. Now I don't want to hear. Especially, don't talk to me about it during February either. Don't talk to me about it ever. But definitely don't bring that to me during February because I will really look at you like you're crazy. Talk to me about not feeling like you got equal rights. Girl, Lauren and pins. Lauren and these pins today. You better tell them. You. Be yeah, I don't know. So all that to say, um, young black people. We we hear you. We've been there. We feel you. Ooh. And what I want, especially young black creatives, step into what is authentic for you. Whatever mm. that means for you, step into it. Because I have never felt more liberated and more supported than when I actually did projects and am doing projects that actually feel like I'm fully representing myself holistically, right? Mm. You can, I mean, and that can look very different. Again, going back to we're not a monolith. You don't have to do what I'm doing to feel like you're fully authentic. You have to do what you think is authentic, what you feel is authentic to who you are, right? And I encourage others who are a part of this, right? Maybe you yourself are not a Black person, but you're, you want things to be better. And even people who maybe you're just trying to understand, like, I, like, I, I don't know, like, blah, blah. I want you to just take a moment and like fully think about what you actually want. Are you here to help? Are you here to just challenge others who are trying to make it better for themselves? Are you here to like be a part of it? Cause you got a lot to learn. I'm mm. um, like to for us to have been here. Cause let's for br very briefly allyship, 
for us to get to where we are now, it couldn't have been just us, right? We had to have people also on the other sides who are right next to us fighting and pushing, sometimes even in front of us, pushing, Ooh. opening the door, pulling us in the rooms. So I, but it, it takes work. It takes for you to listen to what's going on. It takes for you to understand what is going on in rooms where you are not and rooms where they, we are not. I just really encourage you throughout this time and please don't let, don't let a tragedy, another mass tragedy be the reason as to why you're asking these questions. We don't need another George Floyd for you to try to open a book and understand why equity matters, mm. right? You can take the time right now to say, I want to be a part of this change. I want to understand what is going on. I want to be a part of the help because we do need you. Okay. Like mm -hmm. we do need you to be a part of this because a society is only as good as the worst treated member of it. Period. And if, if that doesn't scare you <laughs> with how we are in the States right now, I don't know what will. All right. Not sure All what right. will. I just one little quick thing before we go on allyship. Mm. Part of allyship and part of just like existing in this world don't ask your friends if that was the right thing to do mm. or if you are don't go for confirmation it's not that right like i don't need to go for lauren and be like hey i said this thing um was i wrong to say this thing if you have that thought you're probably wrong mm. like just like in your head go ahead and say boom okay what do i do need to do next time yep they're not there. They're living their own lives. Your friends have their own lives. They're not there to check your every little, now check my spelling errors. Yes, because I can't spell, as I said on Twitter. But to like make sure you said the right thing, you have a brain in between both ears mm -hmm. and you need to listen to yourself more. Because mm -hmm. yes. mm -hmm. if you got to ask if you messed up, just go ahead and say you messed up. Right. Yeah. And so... All of this to say, happy Black History Month. Stay Black, stay proud, stay loving each and every one. We're doing nothing but celebrating in this mm -hmm. And nobody can break your peace. So until next time, be happy, be safe, and be proud. See y'all next week. Bye. <laughs>